You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above, an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. Welcome back, everyone, to another Screener Squad review. Today, we're reviewing The White Lotus, written and directed by the great Mike White of uh, Enlightened and Chuck and Buck. He wrote School of Rock. I love Mike White. And uh, the new show on HBO, it stars uh, a fantastic cast, actually. Everyone from Murray Bartlett, from Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Alexandra Dario, Jake Lacey, Sidney Sweeney, Steve Zahn. Uh, a ton of awesome people. And uh, Molly Shannon, too, pops in uh, in a few episodes. And The White Lotus is about a very fancy resort in Hawaii where basically a bunch of white people go that uh, just to have a vacation and they all suck. So, like America, it's great. And uh, with me today, my name is Wright, of course. Uh, I am joined by uh, a couple of white people as well. I have Chad. <laughs> I'm probably the whitest one on this podcast right now. I'm from Wisconsin, so. <laughs> and Elliot. I'm so white, I enjoy IPAs. Ha, <laughs> oh, he beats me. That's way too white for this. Good Lord. All right. Well, <laughs> so the White Lotus, um, it's, uh, again, it's about a, a lot of different people. There is a family who is uh, Steve Zahn and uh, Connie Britton, actually, are the husband and wife of a couple of kids, Sydney Sweeney and also uh, Fred uh Heckinger and their uh, Sydney Sweeney's friend Brittany O'Grady as Paula. They're all joined uh, are going to uh, the White Lotus for a vacation. And uh, there is also the newlyweds Alexander Daddario and Jake Lacey and Jennifer Coolidge who's there who's actually trying to do something with her mother's ashes. And uh, Murray, Murray uh, Bartlett who plays Armand the I guess the manager of the hotel is this just secretly seething guy who really hates the guests and things start to just kind of basically crumble all around them. Everyone is kind of shitty to each other, to other people. And it just come, it just unravels all these different webs where, or these threads where it becomes, I would say a fantastic, hilarious and dark show. Uh, and, I will say right off, right off the bat, I kind of loved it. Uh, but what did you guys think? Chad, what did you think about The White Lotus? Uh, I First episodes are always tricky because I, they're never great, especially with something new. And that first episode, I'm like, ah. Um, but after, I, I felt like it cascaded after that and it just gets better and better and better. And you start to love the characters a bit more. And it's a short investment, too. It's only six episodes. 
So it's once you get over that first episode, and not that the first episode's bad, I'm just always very wary. It's like you, you're trying to balance out like um, the the tone is. It's not for everyone. I would I would think it's it's not like a oh let's watch a, a fun little show a, a, you know a cute comedy about something. No, this is extremely biting, and and again very very dark. So if you're not like ready for tossing salads and pooping in uh, suitcases, then you know I don't know what to tell you here. But Elliot, what did you think? Yeah, I mean I, I pretty much completely agree with both of you. Um... You know, go back and watch even the great first episodes of great TV shows, and most of them are still shaky in a lot of aspects and trying to find their feet, and I agree. I, I was not... I think the first scene really hooked me for this show, um, which is... Um, you know, I, I guess I won't even say too much, but but the first season of the show really did hook me and really sets the whole tone for the rest of the show. Um but but that first episode was a little shaky but it really does pick up after that yeah the the what's really great is the um the family that steve's on and connie Britton and uh fred uh, who plays quinn and sydney who plays uh, olivia and also olivia's relationship with her friend paula because you you get to learn about everyone's history uh, in some form and what's really interesting is the Paula and Olivia are really good friends and they they are just above everyone uh, and trying to like constantly correcting uh, Connie Britton who, who plays Nicole and Steve Zahn who plays Mark and just trying to like basically woke check them the entire time but Olivia and Paula are also the most unwoke people at the same time of what they're doing to each other how Olivia is trying to manipulate Paula the entire time and trying to take away her romantic interest throughout the show. its it, it really plants a lot of seeds about how everyone, again, is kind of terrible. Yeah, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. There's only like a few people that are genuinely good. The the woman that you never see the rest of the uh, episodes from the very first episode. I don't think this is really shocking or uh, like spoiling anything because she's not in the rest of the show, but it definitely awakens Murray Bartlett's like, basically his morality mm-hmm. and of him just being fed up because at first he's just kind of a company man but he has this new employee who he's kind of treating like shit a little bit he's just as vain as all the the people that are uh, there he like he comments on her uh her polo shirt like is that mustard like what is that and you start to find out she's actually pregnant and then she ends up having a baby at the end of the first episode and it kind of you know shakes him to his core of like understand like holy shit I was trying to do my job and I didn't even know that she was pregnant and what the fuck is wrong with me. And it's really interesting to see him go through his own uh, transformation throughout the show of him slowly just unraveling where he, you, I don't think this is really spoiling anything either, but you find out he is sober and then things go out of, you know, out of whack for him. And it, it connects all these different, again, threads together of how everyone's like kind of affecting each other because he has a very contentious relationship with one of the guests, the newlyweds, Jake Lacey and Alexandra Daddario, where Jake Lacey is basically the son of a bitch that if you were working retail or hospitality, he is literally the last person you would ever want to greet. His name, and, and I thought this from the very beginning, only because I hate my name, I'm self-loathing, he is a Chad. He is a literal <laughs> Chad. Every 80s movie douchebag, 
bad guy that takes your girlfriend, but then at the end of it, you ended up getting her back, whatever. That is a Chad. His name's not Shane. It is Chad. <laughs> He's the worst. He is. I mean, he is. Um, a lot of these people are archetypes or stereotypes, you know, twisted in a lot of ways. But he really is just molded from that, like, only child, first son, of like, you know, extremely wealthy family who, um, you know... And, and that contrast is really highlighted with his um, new wife, who is, you know, you know, maybe not poor, but, you know, no more than upper middle class. Right. Let's just say living within her means, probably. Right. You know, this is the greatest vacation that she's ever been on. And for him, you know, it's like he probably did this 13 times before he was 13. Right. And, and her big thing is, like, she's smart and educated, but, like, the entire time her new husband is just commenting on her looks. And it's, like, really breeding her for that. And I've, excuse me, I've grown up with these people. Not not that rich, but, like, you know, upper middle class rich. And right. they're so... Entitled. Entitled, and it's, it was so spot on. Like, that, the, especially uh, when Molly Shannon's character comes in. It's uh, the uh, groom's mother. And, like, from that point on, like, the mother was in control of everything. Uh, and like even when she comes you can see he's more like sedated and just like agrees with everything she says because that's his meal ticket and right. uh, Rachel's whole thing is like well I don't want a meal ticket I want to fend for myself and I I love her character like she's one of my favorite characters in this whole thing her, her character and her transfer like you're talking about Chad is that she doesn't want to be this trophy wife where she she's having this slow realization because of this little things that Shane <clears throat> is doing throughout the show. His biggest deal is, is that they had the honeymoon suite, but they didn't get it. And so he pulls a full Karen on Armand and is just constantly testing uh, Murray Bartlett's uh, character. And it's hysterical just to see Murray Bartlett's like reaction to these things and just like kind of taking it. And then, after Jake Lacey leaves, he's like, son of a bitch, and just, like, wants to kill him, and is going in, and is starting to become vindictive and doing certain things just to try to give Jake Lacey the worst experience uh, ever, but doing it in a very sly way. He's like, oh, I had no idea that that was going to happen. Like, there is a hilarious scene where he is, he basically, Jake Lacey wants to you know, kind of remedy the the situation. There have again uh, Alexander Daddario and uh, Jake Lacey, Shane and Rachel are having this kind of contentious argument about like, I don't know what I'm. You know, you should just be happy being my trophy wife. And what you're rich, you don't have to work, you don't have to fend for yourself. Just do whatever you need to do, and we have money now. It's totally fine. And she's like, I just want to, I want this to be romantic. And so he finally figures out a way to be uh, romantic. And it is a dumpster fire of a situation when he asks Armand's advice of what to do. And he's like, I got the perfect thing for you. And it involves Jennifer Coolidge. And let's talk about her real quick. Cause I think we were kind of going on about her before we started recording. Geeking out a bit. Jennifer Coolidge is a national treasure. Uh, I know most people remember her being Stifler's mom, but the real people remember her from best in show legally blonde, uh, what else is there? <laughs> like, just anything else she's in, she is hysterical and great. Even in bad movies, like, she's great. She's just... Yeah. And here she has, she is this very, 
she's very wealthy too, but she is extremely depressed. She's mentally unstable, let's say, because she is carrying her mother's ashes and she thinks that the best thing to do is uh, to throw her uh, mother's ashes in the, uh, the ocean. And she is, again, a little unhinged, but just little things that she does is absolutely hysterical of just her reactions of how she speaks to someone. It's very soft. It's just like, hmm, yeah, yes. It's, I, I love her to death in the show. Anytime she was on, on uh, camera, I was like, please, more of you. I could just watch a show all about you. You're too funny. But then, oh, but then it hurts so much because even, again, because we established earlier, like, everybody's bad in their own way. Mm-hmm. And it's not disappointing the way she ends up, but it's, again, it's, it, this, it hurts to watch this show a little bit. That's that's the thing what I think is in a lot of ways genius about the show because we're, we're hinting at this and we don't want to spoil what ends up happening at the end of the show. But let's just say, and there is an article out there right now um, that Mike White was uh, being interviewed about the divisive ending uh, of the, the sixth episode. And he said himself, like, yeah, it was divisive for me too. I mean, you would think that you would want to see you know, bad people get their comeuppance and good people, you know, save the day and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's not how real life works out sometimes. And sometimes it's easier to do the easy thing. And that's what some of these characters do. And you're following their journey. You think they're going to make that transformation. But then it becomes almost oddly too real. And you have to come back like they all do to reality. And you're like, oh, man. I, I what, what else was I thinking was going to happen? Like, are we going to actually see someone truly transform and do something? We see that here and there peppered throughout, but not fully for everyone. I, I like that hovering layer of reality, you know, because the way these episodes are spaced out, I don't think I'm giving too much away, is six days. It's six episodes and a stretch of vacation for a couple different people and then the people that work there. And each episode starts with the morning and ends in the evening, like oh, mid evening. I and didn't catch that. That's that, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's, uh, they use, uh, at least cinematography wise, there's a lot of use of uh, waves. Um, and I mean, I didn't even get into the opening, but I love, if you guys really look at the opening credits, it foreshadows a lot of the stuff that's going to happen. Right. Um, which I definitely think if if anybody watches the show, like really pay attention to those opening credits, and it doesn't make sense at first, but by the sixth episode, you'd be like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a very beautifully shot show. Uh, they use waves a lot. Uh, they they're very beautiful in the beginning and like very, uh, you know, very Hawaiian photogenic. By the time you get to the later episodes, they get darker and meaner and rougher and. It, it represents kind of like the mood uh, yeah. fluctuating uh, as the show progresses. Let's actually go ahead and into final thoughts. So, Elliot, how about you? Lead the way. Yeah, I really enjoyed this quite a lot. Um, I didn't even know what the hell it was when I signed up for it. I just kind of picked it based off the name. Um, the cast in here is great. You know, I mean, Jennifer Coolidge, um, Molly Shannon... Uh, Alexander Daddario. I thought the kids were pretty good. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's kind of, 
there's there's sort of this new move in comedy TV to sort of blur the lines between cringe comedy and drama, and I think this is kind of leaning into that quite a lot. Um, and I really liked it. It's um, <laughs> just got every character is so bizarre and so great, and um, their interactions are you know, alternately hilarious and, and sad and dark. Um, yeah, I loved it. It also, I mean, it looks great. Um, I didn't even think about the, the wave stuff, um, but I kind of want to go back and watch it just for that now. Um, yeah, I actually binged this all uh, last night and kind of couldn't stop thinking about it today. So, oh, wow. Um, you know, that's, that's, a good, that's a good sign that something really kind of hit me. Yeah. Um, so with that said, yeah, I would I would absolutely recommend this. Uh, I'm gonna have to give this nine out of ten um, bags left on the beach. Chad, how about you? So yeah, I didn't really know what I was getting into with this. Uh, the only reason why I signed up for it is I saw Molly Shannon was in a clip of it, and I I love Molly Shannon. She's adorable. She's so, she's so great. Anyways. And then I was super surprised at first when I watched the first couple of episodes. I'm like, was I hallucinating that Molly Shannon was in the... Ah, whatever, it's good. And then she ends up coming later. But, uh, this is a good show. Like, I'm a fan of Mike White, so I'm probably going to be a little bit of bias. Like, School of Rock is still one of my favorite movies. Like I said, Orange County is... I mean, that came out when I was still working at a movie theater. And, like, that was... I, I was a teenager. That was my formative years. It was a coming-of-age film for somebody like me. So I got a huge soft spot for Mike White. Uh, this show is all the things we've said, but I think it really it 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 really pushes the social narrative that we're kind of stuck in right now. Uh, a lot of not weird things, but a lot of things are going to come up, and it's going to be a lot of awkward pauses, and it's going to be. I don't know. It's moment of reflection, and I don't know. I feel like if you watch this, just kind of have an open mind. Uh, I love the cast. I think <laughs> again. I I oh, all right. I'm gonna cut there. I was gonna I was gonna just get into the ending, but let's say <laughs> let's just say like it, it, it's worth getting invested in these characters. And deep down, you want things to work out a certain way. It's just not going to work out that way. And it's just very, uh, you know, very reflective of where we live, how we live, and yeah, whatever. So anyways, that'll be said. Great movie. Uh, I don't know if I can hit a nine on it. Yeah, all right. I'll, Elliot, you set, the, you set the pace. I'll do nine out of ten lines of ketamine <laughs> that's not enough <laughs> i i absolutely love this i i think this is one of the best shows that i've seen so far this year if not the best um i think what dra uh, that uh, grabbed me initially definitely was the cast and then i saw mike white's name and i was like holy shit he gets to write and direct all six episodes sign me up i know this is going to be funny it's going to be dark it's going to be very biting I loved absolutely every single minute of this. The writing is so sharp. The directing is fantastic. It looks great, like you guys are saying. 
And the one thing that we actually haven't mentioned, which I could not get out of my head, was the music. Uh, the soundtrack and the music in the, the show is really interesting. And even like the opening title track is really weird. And I almost want to just read uh, like about that and how it was made. Because it definitely seems like there's some different instruments that was used uh, to make some of the noises. Um, but anyway, I, uh, I loved everyone in it. And yes, this is one of those shows that does not exactly end the way that you want it to. Because our notions for characters who, again, are the heroes, don't necessarily get out scot-free uh, and don't necessarily save the day, and they might end up actually just backsliding in some ways in back into their old ways, which is sad but oddly realistic. So, quite frankly, I loved it. Uh, this hits all the right notes for me, and I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 uh, toss salads because, uh, woof. <laughs> I haven't seen that before in an HBO show uh, and a couple other things, too. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's happening. I've seen better. <laughs> <laughs> like, HBO, I know you're, like, the edgy, you know, pay service, but come on, man. Like, I've I've seen dudes toss each other salads before. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying give it a little bit more effort. 